0: For tuning in to episode 31 of Gumbo Nights, I'm your host, Miss Tamala Handy. Today's episode is Can Black Women and White Women Peacefully Coexist? This is just part one, y'all. Conversations about race are happening in ways that have never been done before, ways that I'm sure that most of us, or not all of us, never imagined would happen but it is and so since it's being talked about all over the world we want to talk about it right here on the podcast too so i have invited my friend stacy becker who is a white woman that i have become friends with and we're gonna go deep we're gonna talk about the stuff that we haven't had the courage to talk about with each other So sit back and relax and think about how this conversation relates to your own world and your own life, your own relationships. I wanted to explore some of the assumptions that black women have about white women and also the assumptions that white women have about black women. And I wanted to explore this with my friend Stacy Becker. We had a writing exercise that we shared with each other and here's what I said. The heightened and long overdue attention on racism caused me to reflect on my own relationships with people who don't look like me, particularly white women, since most of my other race experiences have been connected with them versus white men. I've had my share of wonderful and weird moments with white women both personally and professionally. I've had some wonderful conversations with Dr. Wendy Aker, Caroline Smith, and Kathy Berrien, and they've left me enchanted, delighted, and looking forward to the next time, while weird conversations with some managers at work have been awkward, underwhelming, and dreadful. The latter experiences have made me less interested in exploring new ways to connect and collaborate with white women. If opportunities came my way, I wouldn't resist, but I definitely wasn't seeking them out. Recently, I've chosen to broaden my horizons and have intentionally responded to requests from white women interested in connecting with black women. And I've proactively reached out to them in an effort to try and understand one another and build a bridge. I believe that women of color and white women can build healthy, productive, and fruitful relationships but we have to put forth the effort to make it happen and heal what's been broken and misunderstood for many years. I also truly believe that we're more alike than not. But I still wonder why white women do some of the things they do. And I assume they have the same thoughts about black women. But now I don't have to wonder. So we're no longer going to keep our thoughts and our beliefs and assumptions about one another bottled up. Setting them free right here for deep exploration and contemplation. So, here's what I wonder about white women I wonder if they recognize or care that I have boundaries and borders around my life. I wonder if they think that I think every inappropriate question they ask me and every odd thing they say is racist or discriminatory. I wonder if white women think that I'm inferior to them. I wonder if they've ever called me the N-word behind my back. I wonder if my way of being and navigating life makes them envious in any sort of way. I wonder if they think my intellect and self-motivation is driven by a desire to compete with them or take what they have. I wonder if they feel threatened by my directness and confidence. I wonder if they think our disagreements keep me up at night. I wonder if they think they provide wise counsel to people of color who are experiencing racism and discrimination. And I wonder if they really want to know women of color and engage with us on a deep level. I wonder what you're thinking, Stacy.
1: Ms. Handy, when I got your questions, I had to think about them for a very long time. Um, They stirred up a lot of things. And so this is what I wrote in reply. Dear Ms. Handy, thank you for sharing your questions with me and being willing to take yet another risk with a white woman. I lived in the Twin Cities where George Floyd was murdered for most of my adult life. I knew of many things such as how progressive Minnesota has the deepest disparities between black and white people in the country on almost any metric one might choose. And I'm talking about being consistently among the worst two or three states. I knew the Minneapolis Police Department had a rogue element. A black martial arts instructor told me that he quit rather than being forced into graft. I also heard stories about how the police would take gay men down to the Mississippi River and beat them. I knew that the freeway in St. Paul near where I lived had a, had split into a vibrant middle class black neighborhood and utterly destroyed it. Half of the neighborhood fell into crime and decay until it was gentrified by white people and the other half remains the poorest neighborhood in St. Paul go on and on about what i knew about what i intellectualized and i cared i did what i could in environments not geared to doing what they could but it wasn't until the last few weeks that was what was in my head began to migrate to my heart i read your questions and what i feel is some curiosity but mostly profound sadness sadness at the way the world is constructed to keep people apart I can't even summon anger right now, although I know it's there because the grief is too deep. Yes, I would love to get to know and deeply engage with black women because as your question asks, I am envious of the way they navigate their life. The black women I've worked with have seemed grounded and truly joyful about life in ways that escape most white women. They have also seemed um, especially polite and reserved toward me. I sense strong boundaries, almost an energy field between us, as if to say, we're doing our professional best in working with you, but expect no personal insights, sharing, or camaraderie, that's off limits. So I seek, but honestly don't know how to approach the deep engagement you ask about. The invisible barrier seems so intimidating. Other questions you have asked about white women are born out of my experiences, too. Certain women feel threatened by directness, I'm a very direct person, so I see this all the time. (laughs) They place themselves in competition, they feel superior, they have an answer to everything, Um, and I've always chalked these up to getting ahead in a white male-dominated culture, and I think this is the learned hubris of the white culture. I'd like to circle back to the boundaries question because I suspect that this too is an artifact of white culture. I suspect that the very first, oh my god, too much information came out of white culture. We seem to have lost the sacredness of privacy, believing that the route to intimacy is by sharing any and all information. This story I once, what I did online dating, which I vowed never to do again, and this guy before you'd meet, he wrote and said, oh, here's 20 questions. I want you to answer them all or I'll answer them. And some of them were like, what's your favorite cookie? And some of them were really intimate. So I wrote him back and I said, do you ever like wait for these questions? Isn't that like the beauty of a relationship to let those things unfold over time? And he wrote back to me and he said, Stacy, I don't like the games you play. Goodbye." And so this is just a long way of saying that I really am as mystified by the boundaries question as you are. Now for a last few questions, Uh, your explicit questions around race. I have never called a black woman or man, the N word ever. And I have never, ever had to even stop myself from thinking or saying it, but I also don't imagine myself being able to provide wise counsel to people of color facing racism or discrimination. Um, There's no way I could understand what you face and what it feels like. I'd like to think I could be supportive and I like to think I could provide counsel on things I am knowledgeable about, but that is not one of those things. So yes, I worry that things I say may be construed as racist or discriminatory, not because I feel I'm being judged, but I am pretty certain that from time to time I say hurtful things that I'm not aware of. Um, And I know it's not the job of women of color or people of color to teach white women, you know, what these hurtful things are. But I for one would appreciate, you know, being called to it in the moment because no matter where you are, that teachable moment is there and it's powerful and so I wonder is there something midway between black women bearing the brunt of teaching white women and white women just muddling through and not learning and what would that reciprocal responsibility look like and finally I would just say I I really wonder like how you will receive this um whether it feels like there's a lot of white guilt, and I think I can't imagine how there couldn't be. Because in this moment in time, it's pretty crushing, and I'm not trying to make that equivalent with what you've experienced, it's not even close. Um, But it is something that I think white people have to confront, and I think our failure to confront that is part of uh, the ongoing saga of this country um and at some point until we do and and um do it in an honest way with ourselves and with one another um we're, we're going to struggle um on questions of race and so i am hoping that these kind of conversations letter exchanges whatever it is um can help us really learn how to turn our guilt into constructive action for
0: the kind of world we really want to see well I really I thank you so much Stacy because you just willingly joined in with me on this for us to be able to understand each other and so I hope that everyone that is listening you know think about your own judgments and biases that you might have your defensiveness or any disagreements that you bring into the room that have a lot to do with race because as we just shared, there's some things that we think about each other and we've never said it. And I wonder how many relationships have been held back or restricted and didn't get to flourish the way they could have because of this stuff that we don't talk about. So I'm so happy that Stacy has shared things that I didn't think that white women thought about me. And so before we end, I just want to say, I hope that you'll begin to think about your circle of people that you hang around with. If they look like you, all all of them look like you, or if there's anyone that doesn't look like you, how can you begin to build bridges? What questions do you need to ask? What assumptions are you holding on to that might not actually be true? And we will come back in the next episode and we'll have a deep conversation about all of these topics. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and be thinking about what you can do to build bridges with people who don't look like you. I hope that you enjoyed listening to episode 31, Stacy and I talking about relationships with women who don't look like us. I told you it was going to be deep, real, candid, and transparent. And that is exactly what it was. But I don't want to leave the conversation here. I want to know about the experiences that you have had. Has it been something similar? Has it been completely different? Whatever it is, I would like to know and hear from you. You have an option right here in the podcast of being able to leave a voice message. So check it out. Use it so that we can go back and forth and share different ideas and perspectives with one another. As always, y'all, thank you for listening, liking, commenting, sharing, and subscribing. And you know, whatever you do, make sure that you join me right here for the next episode, which will be part two of our conversation.